Hey, this is Steve Balton, and you are tuned into My Turning Point, where this week I'm joined by superstar DJ, producer David Guetta to talk about his new song with Sia, their ninth collaboration together, their mutual love of Pat Benatar that they discovered writing this song, and a lot of other things, including his life during quarantine and how he's enjoyed actually having some downtime from being on the road. Hope you enjoy this one as much as we do. I mean, it's so funny because we're in a bit of a bubble here in the U.S. with, you know, between the way that our country has completely mishandled coronavirus and then with the upcoming election. So how are things going over there? Are, are I mean, are things safe? Like, are people out and about? Are clubs going? Or is it just still everything shut down? Uh, in Ibiza, which for people that don't know, is like the mecca of DJs in Europe, uh, everything is shut down. Um there were a few experiences in Saint-Tropez of parties, but then uh, everybody started to get sick again. So, um, yeah, uh, economy is open, but uh, no big reunion of people. Interesting. So for you, it's funny because I'm sure you have spent many, 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 many a summer there. But is it weird to be there and not really working? Does it feel like an actual, like, I don't know, crazy vacation? Well, to, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I spent my very first summer holidays with my kids. This never happened in my entire life. So that was actually quite nice. Uh, they were very happy. And, uh, and, and me too. I decided to take it in a positive way and enjoy it to the max. Um, now, when I'm in Ibiza and nothing is happening, that feels a little bit strange. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, yesterday I was driving and uh, seeing my uh, posters, uh, you know, advertising my parties and seeing the clubs being closed. It was a little bit sad, but, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to make people uh, happy, not to make them sick, you know. Well, it's interesting. So wait, we spoke in, I lose all sense of time, but it was... When did you do the Miami show? Uh, that was in uh, March, I think. Okay, so we spoke in March then for Forbes. And at that point, you actually were, the, the one thing that you were really bummed about was being separated from your kids. So I'm glad that you got to at least yeah. see them and, and spend time. You were, you were looking forward to the show, but you, you said the one thing that was really hard was being separated from your kids. Yes, absolutely. But it, yeah, because confinement happened right at that time. Um, and, and there was like a little bit of a, there was a moment where nothing was clear on how to be able to, uh, you know, uh, travel. So, uh, but he ended up being okay. Uh, and, and yes, I, I, I met my kids. And like I said, I took my first summer holidays together. Um, so that was nice. And also, um, to be honest, you know, uh, I've used the entire time of confinement to uh, focus on making music. And that was actually amazing because I realized how my lifestyle um, makes me exhausted and works, works again uh, being creative, you know, because uh, this is one of the most creative moments of my life. Um, and that's simply because I wake up every, every day in the same bed. Uh, and, you know, the jet lag, I, 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 
I'm so used to it that I feel like it's normal, but then now I'm realizing that it's not normal and it's not good. So, so you know, because I'm feeling so good right now because I'm not traveling so much. Um, and, and, and also I'm making so much music. So I'm, I'm really using this time for good things, you know? Well, it's really interesting. Okay, so that does feel like a good way to come into the turning point moment. And then we'll come back to that in a second because I agree with you and it's very fascinating. The number, I mean, I have gotten to talk to so many artists during this period, as you would imagine. And it's interesting how many people have enjoyed the time or, or realize the importance of having that downtime. It's funny. Like I was talking with Lucas Nelson, who was telling me, you know, Willie Nelson's son. And he was telling me that for four and a half months, you know, he stayed at home with mom and dad and they had dinner together every night at five 30. Tim McGraw was telling me he had the family home for like four weeks and they would just do game night every night. And it's amazing how many artists realize sort of the amount of time or G easy was telling me, he's like, this is the most time I've ever spent at home in my life. You know? And it's like, there is a trade off you make to do music and it's like but for a lot of artists they weren't anticipating the shutdown but it's like you realize how much you sort of miss out on being on the road 360 days a year absolutely you're totally right and there's also one thing uh, because you could say oh well then why don't you do it you know and the real answer that probably not many artists are, are gonna give you is that we can't do this because of competition, you know, uh, and it's hard to take a year off because otherwise, you know, um, some other artists uh, maybe are going to take your spot in the festival or something like this, you know, or you're going to be a little bit less relevant, uh, relevant in, in a year time. Whereas now everybody is on post. So basically we can take a year off, but nothing's going to happen because there's no competition, you know, everybody's off. So I think this is also why many artists are enjoying this is because it's a year, it's a, it's a year off that is free of risk. It's so funny you say that because of course you're in the dance world, you know, and then I think immediately of Steve Aoki and it's like, no, you can never take a day off because that dude, you know, look at his documentary title. Steve's a friend of mine. I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's like you have people like that. You can never take a day off because, you know, you yeah. got too many people who are just like, no, I'm going to work, you know, 24, you know, 48 hours a day. Exactly. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm like that. So I, actually, it, it's, it's also funny to see that this is really a nature because after doing nothing for two weeks, that was it, you know, and I started to go into this uh, um, a crazy production process, you know, and I made a, a, a dance EP um, uh, with a new sound called Future Rave uh, with a friend of mine. And then I started to uh, have Zoom sessions every single day. And, um, and we ended up having this song with Tia, uh, Let's Love, that is uh, coming out right now. So, you know, um, I think it's also a nature that, some people, they need to be busy all the time. And this is what I realized is that even though I'm, uh, you know, we all in the same confinement situation and I'm a touring artist, so I'm supposed to have nothing to do. And my friends I'm, are calling me and I'm like, I'm sorry, like I'm so busy. I can't even 
you know, get on a call right now. And they're like, what? But what are you talking about? And, and I'm like, yeah, I know. It sounds crazy, but it's, it's true because I'm just, you know, it's just I like keeping myself busy. Yeah, no, I get it. It's funny because I had a similar conversation with Travis Barker. And I think what happened is for everybody in the first two weeks, you were kind of like, well, what's going to happen? So everybody just shut down while waiting to see what was going to happen. And then once you got to that point, but it's funny because Travis, was, he's like, this is like the most prolific time of my life. He's like, I record with friends all the time. You know, I just am in the studio. I'm having a blast, you know? And I think that for a lot of artists, once you got into that groove, you know, if you, you really found that groove, no pun intended. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. All right. So what's your turning point moment? I understand that for every artist, there are several turning point moments. And it's funny, even what we were just talking about with COVID and, you know, having a summer holiday with your kids, you know, and having the time not touring is very much a turning point moment as well. So, yeah, I was going to say I have a long career, so it's, it's hard to only take one turning point, but I can give you a few ones if you want. Um, yeah, I think, give me a couple. I think, you know, um, you know, it started for me with the passion of, of music and, and, and buying records when I was uh, probably 12. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, I became a DJ and first turning point was 2001, uh, making music. Uh, and I made the first success. Uh, it was just a little more love. Um, big turning point. Then, I had a record with the same artist called Love Is Gone that was being played everywhere, uh, including uh, in, in the US, in every club, and even on certain radios. And from that time, the big turning point was about to happen because Will I Am heard Love Is Gone and loved it and reached out to me and um, asked me to make his album uh, with Black Eyed Peas uh, together with him and uh, used the same guitar sound, and we did I Got a Feeling. And that was probably the biggest turning point of my life because in all the second, I was not, you know, a guy from the scene anymore. I was not like only a DJ, you know, my music crossed over uh, to being the new sound of radio. And that, that, would be, that was like a major, major turning point. And, and then I started to not only think in terms of making the people dance, but also uh, making them sing, you know, <laughs> and be emotional. And, and then here we are now making a straight pop record with Sia. I was going to say that to you. It's, what I always love about these two is that it's amazing no matter how far back you go. It very much ties into what you are doing today. And it's funny because when we spoke about this in March as well, you were saying you had gone in a different direction, but with everything happening with COVID, you felt it was very important to make people happy. You know? So talk about sort of, you know, how that ties in with and how this song was prompted by everything that's been happening with what's going on, you know, and, and sort of the impetus for the song. Well, you see that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, my uh, thoughts uh, turn into reality because that's exactly the idea. You know, I texted Sia and I told her, like, look, you know, uh, uh, 
we need to do something for the world. Like everybody is so down. Uh, and, you know, I feel like people are turning each other, you know, um, against each other. And, and this is terrible, you know, and, and we should write a song about going through this together and, and not against each other. So um, this is what we did. And, uh, and I wanted to just make a, a feel good song, you know, uh, in, in those difficult moments, because I, I really feel like, actually I was talking about, I got a feeling, and this is my biggest, uh, the, rec the biggest record that I produced. And it was uh, right at the peak of the uh, uh, major financial crisis. So um, I, I feel like when uh, there's, you know, a big crisis like this, people just need something to forget everything and feel good, you know, and, and this is what we're doing right now with uh, Sia. It's, it's just a, a feel-good song. It's very 80s inspired because probably if I'm thinking of a time where artists were not ashamed to just em embrace a feel-good chorus uh, without overthinking it, it's probably the 80s. And um, so this is where I tapped when it comes to uh, production. So it's interesting. When you think of those 80s songs that make you feel good, what are one or two songs from that period where you just think about like, okay, no matter what, you could be having the worst day in the world, but it just makes you smile. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. Uh, obviously, the Aha Take On Me, but also I, I love Pat Benatar, which was a big influence for this record. Um, uh, and I know Sia lo loves her too. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Did you ever work with Pat Benatar? I, I absolutely love Pat Benatar. It's so funny because I just watched this MTV documentary. I had no idea. Everyone in the history of the world knows that Video Killed the Radio Star is the first video that MTV played. I had no oh, idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. The second one. I didn't know that was the first video they played. Of course. Wow. That was, that was their famous launch, was Video Killed the Radio Star. But it's funny because John Sykes, who's president of iHeart, and you know, obviously was at MTV, is a good friend. And so we were talking about this. I had no idea that Pat Benatar, You Better Run, was the second video ever played in the history of MTV. So that's the second time she's come up this week. And I absolutely love Pat Benatar, very underrated artist. Yes, so um, it, it's funny because I didn't know Sia liked her. And, uh, and when I, because first we wrote the song as a, as a ballad, you know, on simple uh, piano chords. And, um, and then when I produced it like this, she was like, wow, this is crazy that you get me so well because I can feel some Pat Benatar influence and, and I'm such a huge fan. And, you know, so we didn't even talk about it, but it's just, you know, a good coincidence. Well, now that's such an interesting thing. It's funny because you, this is the ninth song that you guys have done together. And yet, you know, I love that. You're still learning about each other. It's the first time in nine songs and going on 10 years. I mean, next year, it's crazy. It's the 10-year anniversary of Titanium. You're still discovering the fact that you both have a mutual fandom of Pat Benatar. So what's your favorite new thing that you've learned recently about Sia that, you know, it is, I mean, and did you guys find that there's a favorite Pat Benatar song that you both agree upon? Um, yeah, I think Love is a Battlefield for me. 
Which is such an iconic video too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, what I think is, is incredible in a, in a matter of this record is that, you know, we've worked so much, CI and myself together, um, but we've never done something like this together and she's never done anything like this and I've never done anything like this. So it's exciting to share a project that is innovating for both of us. Well, how important is it to you? I mean, obviously, look, I mean, that's, that's one of the cool things that I always talk with artists about. And look, you can, you can be great friends with somebody. I've interviewed you. I've interviewed Sia. I hung out with her once at a farmer's market in Silver Lake. She's awesome. But it's like, I'll use a basketball analogy. You know, you can be, you can have like the best players in the world. It doesn't mean that they're going to play well together as a team. So at what point did you realize that you guys had that chemistry that was going to allow you to sort of keep coming back to each other over the years? Well, it was from, from day one. Honestly, when we, when we made Titanium, um, we were supposed to work, me as a producer and her as a songwriter. It was not supposed to be her on the record and it was not supposed to be my record. And it was so magic. It was so unbelievable that I, you know, I said, well, two things. First, there's no way I'm giving this record away. <laughs> and second, um, I'm begging you, you need to stay on the record. Because she didn't want to stay on the record at first. She, did, she didn't want to be an artist anymore. She just wanted to write. And um, so she was like, okay, I'll do it. But the only condition is, you know, I don't want the artist's life anymore. So no video, no promo no uh, concerts. And I'm like, no problem. I just want your voice. And, and that's how we started to work together. And, you know, it was immediate. And, and that moment of time was also crazy because, you know, she had so much. And I think she, before Titanium, she was afraid to go pop. And, or she didn't want to. I don't, I'm not sure what it was. Uh, but when we kind of opened the Pandora's box, it was, it was over, you know, it was like, we would write three songs a day. It was crazy. Well, so it's so interesting for you. Cause you said that this song is different than anything you've done before. I mean, talk about when you have that comfort with someone where you guys are able to push each other. Well, I think that's the only thing that is exciting in life, you know, uh, challenging myself. You know, otherwise I would have stopped a long time ago because if I kept making house music, even though I love this, uh, my entire life, uh, you know, then it's a formula, you know. And I think what's uh, exciting uh, with music is that you never stop learning. Uh, it's... It's really, it's an infinity to learn. So um, every time I, knew, I do a new style of record like this, for example, I have to learn everything from scratch. So uh, that's the challenge. And that's why I keep making records because I love learning. Well, so now it's interesting. What, what would you say was the, the biggest lesson you took away from Let's Love? Um, but actually, um, like I said, we wrote the song, this is a little bit technical, but it, 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 that was my right. lesson. Interesting. Um, 
we wrote the song as a ballad. And um, so very slow. And I was trying to find how to produce it and make it feel like a David Guetta record. So my first strategy was to make it uh, faster so it can become a dance record, but it just didn't feel right. So what I did is that I slowed it down and then I did it double tempo. So this is a little bit technical, but if you multiply the tempo by two, then you can have a slow song, but because the drums are going twice as fast, it feels like full of energy and very fast. And this is what I did on, on this song. And it's the first time I do this. And it was, it was kind of magic, you know? Interesting. It's funny, by the way, and we'll wrap up in one minute because I'm sure you have another one after this, but it's really fascinating because... I mean, when you think of, and it's funny, I love your story about, or your point about, you know, wanting to learn all the time, because I got to interview B.B. King when he was 71, and, you know, he was B.B. King. He was already, you know, one of the greats of all time, and, and it was, he told me that he had just started playing clarinet, and I was like, that's really interesting. What made you start? And he's like, because every day you're not learning is a day wasted, and I always loved that quote. Oh, my God. This is and I always thought that was, so for you when you think of those artists who have evolved over time and continually change and continually learn, you know, and of course there are some, you know, sort of the quintessential ones who come to mind like David Bowie, but who are those artists for you who are sort of the role models in, you know, being able to evolve all the well, time? Well, you know, um, uh, actually talking about this, I'm going to answer for, for, my, for my own case. Um, when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of Zap and uh, Roger Trutman, and um, he was playing an instrument called the talk box. And um, my entire life, it felt like, you know, a fantasy, uh, impossible dream, uh, because, you know, it's, it's quite a difficult technique. And I was like, okay, I don't have time to learn something like this. And when confinement came, I was like, you know, I always wanted to do this, and I'm going to I'm going to use this time to learn it. And I did. So much fun. So much nice. fun. So wait, is it going to be like, is it on the new record or is it something that you'll be incorporating into future work? No, no, I, um, not really. I did, uh, for now, I'm still learning. So, you know, I, I made a few, uh, uh, a little video uh, for DJ Mag because it's like the uh, voting uh, for the top 100 DJs in the world coming. And I made a video and I made a, a, a song uh, about, you know, about that just for fun uh, using the talk box. Talk box is the instrument that is being used a lot by Daft Punk or, you know, um, if you think California Love or Bruno Mars, you know, uh, this, when you feel like it's a ro robot that is uh, uh, singing, you know, that's, that's a talk box. Um, so, no, I haven't. I'm not good enough to put it in a real record yet, but very soon. All right. So last question, but, but, you know, well, wait, there's going to be a two part question. One, will we hear more eighties influenced music from you? And the second part of the question is if you were going to remix one eighties song, if you were given the stems and could do whatever you wanted with it, what eighties song would you pick? Okay, so the answer of, uh, to the first question is yes, absolutely. I'm actually going to a full cycle of 80s influenced music. 
And the second question I cannot answer because I've actually done exactly that, but then I would reveal a secret. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then give me one that you haven't done. <laughs> um, I think probably when it comes to dance record, the, the best record ever was uh, Sweet Dreams, uh, Mix, But I would be too scared to touch it because it's, it's, it's so genius that I, I don't feel like I could do anything better. And it was already sounding so huge, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's challenging, you know? But yeah, I, I would like to get my hands on the stamps. Yes. All right. So, so, well, obviously you can't reveal the secret, but, but can you give people a timeline of when the secret will be revealed? Cause now as a fan, uh-huh. I'm just curious. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, this is like the beginning of a new cycle. So I'm gonna, I'm going to come with new music probably every uh, three, four months, you know? So, yeah, it's gonna, I'm going to... Oh, I'm, apologies. Sorry. Cool. Well, I know we got to wrap up anyway. Is there anything that you want to add I did not ask you about? Um, no, um, we're good, I think. Cool. Always a pleasure to catch up. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Hey, this is Steve Balton. Thanks for tuning in. You've been here with David Guetta. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. sleep from sleep number because our sleep number 360 smart bed is really smart it senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable plus it's temperature balancing so you stay cool it's even smart enough to know exactly how long how well and when you slept and to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night sleep number takes care of the science all you have to do is sleep and now during our memorial day sale save a thousand dollars on the sleep number 360 special edition smart bed queen now only 1999 only for a limited time to learn more go to sleepnumber.com When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.